Greetings in Jesus' name to each one of you here this morning. Glad to see Sarah. Seen you for a while. What a blessing to see you in the congregation this morning. And uh, Mark's and I'm not good at picking out visitors, <laughs> but I think the rest of y'all are fairly regular. At least it was at some time, anyhow. I guess Sarah, you've been too, right? <laughs> I just haven't been here regular uh, all the time, and we're just glad for the healing we've heard. Uh, we're praising the Lord in that. It's what a tremendous blessing. Serve a good God, don't we? Cares about all aspects of our life. <clears throat> well, the Lord has laid on my heart a message that I, I, that I know that He wants to uh, encourage us with. And uh, yet, it, I want to give the balance of the message a little bit. And yet, it's, it's such a blessing to think about the good things of Jesus and what He's done for you and us as Christians. And uh, as, if any of y'all been in jail because of any violations, okay, I, I didn't think so. Uh, you, how many of you visited jail? Okay, okay so you kind of know how it looks in there a little bit. Uh, yeah, I understand. I know that they make jails pretty nice nowadays. I haven't been, I haven't visited one for a few years, and I know it isn't quite like it used to be, but it's still not a very nice place to be, I think. At least your companions aren't the most uplifting companions sometimes, most of the time, actually. You know, I had to think about a person there. Uh, there's, there's some people there that are called lifers. You know what a lifer is? It's one that's there for life, okay? <laughs> And that'd be kind of dreadful. You know, I had to think, you know what? If, uh, you know, the, uh, a person was at a party and they had a little too much and somebody said there's something they didn't like and all of a sudden uh, things started happening, things escalated and, you know, a person took another person's life in, in, it, uh, in that setting and that would be very sad. And yet, you know, and then they, they went before the judge. And the judge said, you're going to spend life in jail. You, you took a life, you're, you're going to spend life in jail. And, you know, so he goes there and he lives on, you know, a, a hopeless life. You, you, you know, I just can't fathom that. Being in jail for life. I mean, it's just a pitiful place. Everybody knows that you did something tremendously ridiculous and sad. And, and you, you, you are looked down on. You're in bondage. You're in bondage for life. You're going to be there for life. And, you know, you, you have to think, man, you know, what about tomorrow? Well, tomorrow's just going to be like today. You know what I mean? It, it's just a hopeless situation. Same old miserable people would be around. It's lousy food. And, you know, these walls, I'm limited. I'm right here. I'm in here for life. And then here a couple of years later, they, you know, you go through all... Uh, the hoops you can to to get out of there, you know. You, you blame them, of course. You blame them; it was their fault. And, and they review your case. No, you you did it. It's your fault. You are accountable. Okay. Well, that's a new word for today. But anyhow, I mean, even for a Christian, but for uh, for people that don't know the Lord, it might be. And then here, a certain person heard about your plight. And they took it to the right person, and that person signed your pardon, and tomorrow you're going to be free. You know what? I think you, you would shout, praise the Lord. Everybody in that prison would know it. And when you got up tomorrow, everybody would know that you're a person set free from that jail. I mean, I tell you, I'm out of jail. 
I'm out of that bondage. Yeah, you know what? I don't know how you felt when you was a sinner, but you, we as mankind are no less set free than that person there. Uh, Luke 4, verse 16. Luke 4, starting verse 16. And he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to the reed. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and hath set liberty at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, as there is no Jesus uh, comes there, and this is right at, up, up, oh, right at the front of his ministry now. We're right there in Luke 4, which is a parallel to Matthew 4, where it talks about his temptations. He went out in the wilderness to uh, be tempted of the devil, and he overcome him, and he began... Uh, and, of course, Matthew says he preached repentance to man. And here it says, so he goes back to Nazareth. And you know what he said? What's this man talking about? They're thinking about, I knew him. You know what? He was just a lot like other children. I'm not sure what all they said. I'm not saying he was exact. Some people say, well, he was just like everybody else. I don't know about that. I don't know if we can say that. But he was a lot like other people. He said, I knew him. This Jesus of Nazareth, I know him. And so he gets there and he walks to the synagogue. But you know, he was a special fellow uh, man by then because I don't know much about the rabbinical system there, but somehow Jesus was in a class that was of the super echelon, okay? Uh, at least this is what I've read, okay? And they knew that Jesus by now was a little, a good bit different than everybody else. But then it was interesting to say that he, he come there and they give him a scroll, and he reads in there, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He said, you know, I was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Friends, we were all poor without Jesus. Amen? We were all poor without Jesus. This is for us. And he said, I'm going, I'm going to send to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives. And I tell you, friends, I tell you, and to uh, set at liberty them that are bruised. And I, this is liberating. We can look back and we say, hey man, I love this. Well, you know, they wasn't getting it. They wasn't getting it because you know what? They didn't see it quite right. You know, to, to, to preach deliverance to the captives. Have you ever thought back on your life before Jesus? Do you know you were a captive? You absolutely were. You know, you know, really, you know, we tried to be good. On a good day, we tried to be good. On a normal day, we won't describe that. And, uh, you know, so you tried to be good. And you, but you know what? Whenever temptation come that was your weakness, you know what? You did it anyhow, didn't you? You know what I mean? You just, you know, you were captive to Satan. We sure were. Uh, to preach deliverance means pardon and freedom. The message title is Freedom in Jesus, okay? Every Christian should, uh, should just, should revel 
in freedom of Jesus. Okay? And I had to think, you know, I've heard of uh, that Abraham Lincoln, a few year, number of years ago, he did, he pronounced the Emancipation Proclamation. You heard about that in school, didn't you? This is the Emancipation Proclamation of the Scripture. It, you should write it down beside that verse. Uh, Luke 4.18 is a Christian's Emancipation Proclamation. You got to praise God. He's come to deliver the captives, which is us in sin before we knew Jesus. So we could re uh, recover our sight. We could be at liberty. Emancipation Proclamation. How beautiful. Now I'm going to look at a good number of references. And I, if you'd like to look them up, I like that. But I've got, got to keep moving, okay? <laughs> so... Uh, because his father is so well explained in the scripture where he says in John 8, verse 32 to 36, where it talks about this. And he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees, Jewish people. And he said, ye and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Okay. Do you know it's still today the truth makes you free? We don't look at our opinions. We don't think about what do I like and what do I like? He said, the truth, this word makes you free. Amen. Let's stay solid on that because there's another way solid basis for us as Christians are. The truth shall make you free. They answered him and said, we are, we be Abraham's. Ah, we're something, well, you know. And they had, you know, I can understand how they got that. If you had a lineage like them, you, you were God's special people, in quotes. But they missed it in what they thought. But anyhow, they still thought they were something uh, special. We are Abraham's seed and we were never in bondage to any man, which isn't true. Wasn't true. They were in bondage. Uh, that is not true. They'd already been in Babylon. Their ancestors had been in Babylon. They were under Roman uh, rule right then. You know what I mean? You know what? You find out if you don't like the message, you always accuse what they say. Have you noticed that? That's what they were doing. They were wrong. With the truth will set you free, okay? They weren't speaking the truth. Okay, but it didn't stop there. And, and how sayest thou, ye shall make me free? They didn't like that thought. You know why? We're, 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 we're good stuff. We can think clearly. It's stuff you know we sometimes think ourselves, you know. And uh, you shall make me free. Keep going. Verse 34. Jesus answered them, Barely, barely, I say unto you, whosoever commit a sin is the servant of sin. Oh! Now, it's a spiritual thing. You think you got it made in Abraham? You got it made in Jesus, he's saying, okay? I'm relating it's a different story, okay? It's not out there in Abraham. It don't, it, don't, it don't matter if your last name is Yoder or uh, Hartzler or um, a Helmuth, or just name it Fisher. I'm going to cut you all, but I'm just getting a good start anyhow. And uh, he said, I don't matter about that. You know, that isn't, the, the, uh, you know, you can be Abraham, see, you can be a Jew. And you know what he says? It don't mean nothing. You know, if you're living in sin, he said, you're the servant of sin. Now, we need to realize there's a lot of spiritual dynamics here, and he's making it very clear. And he said, the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Man, they didn't grasp that. I praise God. We as Christians need to get this, okay? This is so liberating. He said, look, when Jesus comes into your life, you don't have to live in bondage to sin. You know how wonderful that is? You know how many drunks, alcoholics, party pleasure seekers wish that they could understand this? You know that? That's wonderful. This, when you, son, the truth of the word of God, when Jesus liberates us from the bondage of Satan and sin. And it is one which we're shouting about, actually. You want to proclaim the good news? This is Jesus 
can, can deliver us from the bondage of sin. That's the message, isn't it, Mark? That's the message. That is the message. That's the core of it. You can say it in different ways, I do understand. So Jesus was trying to get them to understand that when a person lives in sin, it don't matter how far many countries they travel. It don't matter how free they feel like they are in their life. They're in bondage to sin. And that's the worst, that's the worst bondage in the world. I'd sooner be in jail as a Christian. I'd sooner worship in a cave as a Christian. Amen? Than be liberty on my flesh to move about, but in bondage to Satan. That's real captivity. That's real captivity. The truth is setting us free. And we all had a condition in bondage. Every last Christian did. Every last person does. It comes with age of accountability. But we, when we accept Jesus, you know, we said we had peace. You know how you have peace? Because you're living, it, uh, because you're being reconciled to Jesus. The only way to do that is to have freedom from the bondage of sin. Because we live in sin, we're not free. I tell you, they say we're living in the land of the free. I say you can live in bondage in, in, in shackles and shatters, and that's what in fetters, and that's what Paul was doing when he was in, in jail. And I tell you, spiritually, he was free in Jesus. He was free in Jesus. That's what we're speaking about. There is no real freedom outside of Jesus. Always remember, there is no real freedom outside of Jesus. And so freedom by definition is a state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. You know why? Because we're, our Satan is, gets everyone in bondage. You live in bondage. Now I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, you know, I just noticed that I'm going to have to look this up again, that wording. Uh, for devotions this morning, y'all had here, you heard our Ephesians 3, 1. Okay, it says, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Oh. See, I, you know, sometimes I think that we as mankind say, you know, the old horse is in the barn. And he's in bondage. You know what I mean? You know, a, a horse don't like a little 20 by 20 room. It gets musty and stinking in there. You know? And they're in bondage. So you let the horse out of the shed. Okay? Wouldn't it be a good farmer to say there's no fences on the farm? If you don't know it, I'll tell you, you want fences in the farm. That horse would go out there, you know what he'd do? He'd eat poison. He'd eat a poisonous plant, that's what he'd do. He'd run over and he'd fall over a cliff. Just one round, you know what I mean? That's what a free horse would do. You see what I mean? A good farmer that loves animals and cares about them, they put a few fences up. Amen? Okay. <laughs> but see, that's it. Because, see, that's what man thinks. He thinks freedom is to do what I want to do. Thank God freedom is from free from the bondage of sin. Okay? Remember that. Your freedom is from bondage of sin. And that is so beautiful because uh, it, uh, it gives you freedom to not be in bondage of self, of selfish pleasures, of selfish reactions. Okay? <laughs> uh, if you don't mind getting your songbooks, that uh, purple songbook there, and go to 748. And I like to read this song 
And, and, and just think about this. <laughs> Let this soak in. I'm telling you, friends, this is what it's all about, okay? That glorious freedom. Glorious freedom. I'll tell you, it, 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 this song, if you're truly living here, it'll make warm goosebumps go up and down your spine. Because this is wonderful. Because I tell you, friends, there's only one option. It's either this or bondage. Bondage is Satan. 748. Once I was bound by sin's galling fetters, chained like a slave, I struggled in vain. But I received a glorious freedom when Jesus broke my fetters in twain. Glorious freedom, wonderful freedom. No more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus, the glorious emancipator, now and forever he shall be mine. What's it? 747. I'm sorry, I'm off one. I got this from Zion's praises in 748. I was off one. I'm glad it's within one. At least you weren't two miles off. I mean, I was going two miles off. 748. You find it now? Freedom from all the carnal affections. Think about this. This is real freedom. Freedom from envy, hatred, and strife. Freedom from vain and worldly ambitions. Freedom from all that saddens my life. I hope you're living there. I tell you, that challenges me to the bone. Freedom from pride and all sinful follies. Freedom from love and glitter of gold. Freedom from evil, tempter, temper, and anger. Glorious freedom, rapture untold. Boy, you can see the liberty in this, can't you? Don't you love it? I'll get, read some more. Freedom from fear and all of its torments, freedom from care and all of its pain, freedom in Christ, my blessed Redeemer, who has rent my fetters in twain. Do you know this song? Let's sing the chorus in. Glorious freedom, wonderful freedom, no more in chains of sin and refine. Jesus the Everybody said, Amen. little weak. Everybody said, Amen. if you're living there, friends, this is everything. This is everything. Actually, this is actually the war that you faced yesterday, that you're facing today, and that you'll face tomorrow. Okay? Jesus said, look, I come to deliver you from the bondage of sin. We ought to rejoice in that. I tell you, friends, that takes more power than any muscle man ever had because this is spiritual power in Jesus. What a blessing. He said, look, you know, read that. To, I'm like, wow. From affections, envy, hatred, strife, glitter of gold, worldly ambition. Yes. He come to deliver us as his children from the bondage of those things. You know why? When you do them, all you want to do is do a little more. They never satisfy, Amen. Those things never satisfy. And Jesus says, look, I can deliver you. You have freedom in me. And you can have the power to live above it. How beautiful. Freedom some self. Selfish pleasures. Oh, what a blessing. 
Now, to, but you know, if we go on and on about that, man just thinks freedom is like the horse with no fans, okay? And Jesus says, yeah, I love you so much. I don't want you to dabble back in things. You know, you're freeing me, freedom from those bodies. And you know why? Because when it, not that there's no temptations, but you don't have to be in bodies like, have you ever person said, oh, I just can't help myself. Well, God help us. You know, that should never be what we have to say in Jesus Christ. You know, oh, I just got all oh, my besetting sins. My besetting sins. Oh, if you knew, hey, if you were he, well, you know all the problems I have. Look, you have human nature problems, okay? And that's what he said. That's what he comes to set you free from, okay? This is the new man in Christ Jesus. You are free from that old man nature, okay? If you're not, we need to come back to the cross of Calvary, amen? That's where it works, okay? But he has a lot to say about this. And so I think we ought to look at it a little bit anyhow. Romans 6, 20 to 23. We are to give up everything that causes bondage. He wants us to give up everything that causes bondage. And so he tells us some of those things. Romans 6, 20 to 23. And I'll have a good bit in Romans if I'll be going past that a good bit. But kind of at least stick in Romans anyhow. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Now that isn't hard. That don't, you don't have to look the Greek to find figure that one out, okay? When you were servants of sin, you was doing it. Oh, you may have been a good person. You may have been, you may have even, you know, put on a front of, of being a saint. But you know when that old besetting sin got there, your servants are, you were free from righteousness. Hmm, that's terrible. What? Fruit had ye then in those thereof, ye are now ashamed. For end of those things is death. Oh, it's not just bad to be free from righteousness. You're a servant of sin, and you're going to have a second death. It's not physical death, it's spiritual death. And now being made free from sin, ye become servants to God. Ye have your fruits unto holiness, and to the end thereof, to everlasting life. So it just makes it plain, you're a servant to somebody. Take your pick. You're a servant to Satan. And even, and that means sin rules. Even if it's just one little earth, sin is ruling. Or you're a servant of Jesus. And you want righteousness and holiness. And it's simple. I mean, it's so easy to see. So we're a servant. Do you love being a servant of Jesus? Do you love being a servant of Jesus? You're certain people think, I want to be free, yeah? You're free from bondage of sin. But we need to love being a servant of Jesus. More blessings of this exchange would be in Romans 8, 1 and 2. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Where it says, there is therefore now no condemnation, condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made you free from the law of sin and death. So we're doing one or there. There it is. It's very plain again. You are either living under the law of the Spirit, which we are when you were convicted. You were convicted of the Holy Spirit, okay? The, uh, the devil tempts, he don't convict. 
he just tempts, okay? Because he wants to experience in bodies. So you, we, we, come under the, we say, yes, Lord, you're right. I need to repent. I'm sorry for that sin. Forgive me by the blood of Jesus. That's one of the laws of the Spirit. Also another law is he's going to bite in you. When you're redeemed, say, Lord, I want you to lead my life. I need your Holy Spirit. He will reside in you, as we looked at this morning. But you then, and it's made us free from the law of sin and death. You say, okay, look, we're living under some laws, okay? Like it or lump it, as we would hear it said by our parents, like it or lump it. You're, you're under the law to do what you want to do, sin whenever you want to, or, or even when you don't want to. If you do it, you're still living in sin, okay? Even if you say, well, I couldn't help myself, which is just a lie from the devil. So you're living in sin, which brings death. But he said, there's another one. It's freedom in Jesus, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. It's one or the other. You know, you hear two timing. Well, I know when we get lukewarm, it's pretty pitiful, but that's where it is at. But he said, look, I want, I want you to have freedom in Jesus Christ. He said, I want you to live in that spirit of, of Jesus Christ. So we're being governed by somebody. And, uh, you know, when we're born again, that's one of, the main, one of the beautiful things about it. The spirit gives us the what to to be righteous. It gives us hate for sin. Okay? When, when there is not a proper hatred for sin. And I've had to pray for this, okay? Because we get, it just isn't always automatic that we... Uh, selfish pleasures, you know, do they always feel sinful to you? Well, God, God, I'm glad they do for you. But, you know, you, that's a battlefield. That's a battlefield. And we need to hate sin. We need to hate anything that takes us away from the freedom of Jesus, okay? And, and it's, it, the devil likes to trick us in that. So we've got to remember we're servants either of Jesus or servants of the sin. And we're living under law. We're living under the law of sin and death or the law of the Spirit. And I praise God we can be those Spirit-led people. Because we don't want to be in bondage to sin and self. Freedom to do what self wants is slavery in Satan. Is slavery to Satan. Always remember, freedom to do what the flesh wants to is slavery to Satan. Always remember that. Now, I'm saying some things I'm talking to myself, okay? Because this is such a close temptation. This is in 2 Peter. It says it very plainly. 2 Peter, again, 2.19. 2 Peter 2.19. While they promised them liberty. Oh, you can do what you want to. You have, you have your rights, they say. Yeah, you have rights to live in sin, but you're going to go where all sinful people go. They themselves are become servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought in bondage. Thank God we can be overcome by Jesus because <laughs> we get, let him into our life. You know, and he don't have to come and conquer us, but maybe he did. You know, the Holy Spirit, ah, you know, how much he had to rattle your chain to get into you. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. So we do live by law. So the question might be, do I love the laws of Jesus? Do I love? See, in our own flesh, we tend not to like restrictions. You notice that, you know? Oh, I'm just so glad to only drive 55 on these roads. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I never heard you say that to me, you know? I'm just so glad to go 25 through a residential area. You know, when it's broken straight and you like to go 40 or 50, whatever, you know? You know, we don't, we tend not to like restrictions. I think we could say amen to that one, couldn't we? Well, I'm telling you, 
If you're going to live for Jesus, you're going to live with restrictions. And you're going to live for Satan, you're going to live in bondage. Okay? So we have our choices. It's a very clear choice. The choice is simple now, but the ends thereof is eternity apart. It's heaven or hell. Okay? And that's what makes it doubly serious. You know, it's not just now how we feel. Do I love freedom in Jesus? Yeah, but really, I tell you, I love what the song's talking about. Freedom from where, where I am not being dominated by that carnal nature. Bless that. I'll tell you. I, I, that's why people like to take things into their system so they can't think realistically about life. We Christians love to think realistically about life, don't they? Because they love serving Jesus. Well, I'm just praise God we can enjoy that. So, more about the things that we can enjoy. It talks about Galatians 6, verse 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're talking about defenses that we need. And so you bear you bear you one another's burdens. And we love to do that. We love to help out brotherhood. We love to help out other people. It's what Christians love to do. That's the opposite of being selfish and self-centered. It's just doing what I want to do. It's just the opposite. James 2 verse 8 says, and if you fulfill the royal law, oh, this isn't just the law of Christ. Well, yeah, it is the law of Christ. Royal law. According to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself you do well. You know, royal means preeminent. It's like prestigious. So, you know, and that's to be the law of Christ Jesus for sure. But you want to do the royal law. Okay, this is a royal law. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well. You know, I, I, I don't, uh, I, uh, I am not here to step on anybody's toes. But I'm here to preach truth and love, okay? Because the truth will set you free. Amen? Okay. Then, and they're even saying, even in COVID, may I make it relevant today? Do you love your neighbor? Ask them. Ask them. If you share what you could have in sickness with them, they would say you don't love them. Think about those things. If you want to obey Jesus, if you want to live in freedom to Jesus and not bondage to yourself, you'll love your neighbor. Didn't hear many amens, but I'm telling you, friends, the truth will set you free. One of the hardest, one of the most bondage things is, let me tell you, friends, is to live in bondage to your own opinion. When it don't line up with a good book, I know this. I've had to work through this myself, okay? So I'm speaking a heart of, of love. When you want bondage, get in bondage to your own opinion when it don't line up with this book, okay? Because we always think we're right, okay? You wasn't the first one that thought you were right. I'm telling you, you were after me. So just realize, I want to tell you though, if you're going to obey the perfect law of liberty, you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. Selah. Another verse explains it further. Romans 8. 13, 8 to 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Praise God. We can do that. We want to do that. For this, verse 9, 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, like right where we was. You know, you can do all this and this and this. But he said, I tell you, it's all if you're missing anything. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And so how would Jesus rank your love for your neighbor? The, love, the truth will set you free, okay? The truth will set you free. Wow, wow, what a beautiful thing. Love does not focus on other people's witnesses, weaknesses, but their gifts. Love takes time to walk beside my struggling brother or sister. Love cares about the well-being of others, spiritually and physically. Okay, another reason the free saints in Christ Jesus love what he says, loves his uh, word. James 1, verse 25 says, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Man, like that, run? Think about it. The perfect law, because mankind is restrictions, of liberty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's bondage anywhere else, okay? It's beautiful. The, I like that phrase. I mean, now that's a, that's a good one. But continue with therein, uh, and continue with there. He is not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. Okay, you're going to look into the law. You're going to look in this book and say, it's not my opinion. God, what you want, I'm going to do. Now, if you want freedom in Jesus, this is what Christians say. Amen. What you say is I'm going to do. I want to do that because I love your law. I, I'm a servant of yours. Servants obey the man. I mean, how do you like people? Oh, go out and do this and this and this. And they just go do what they want to do. Oh, that was my opinion. You say you're out there, but you're fired tomorrow. You're fired yesterday. Or, I mean, today. You know what I mean? You wouldn't like that. You get the drift. You get the drift. They did their own opinion. They did their own opinion. He said, you have perfect law of liberty, and you do it. This man is blessed in his deed. He's blessed for doing that. Friends, we ought to do anything to keep the blessing of Jesus in our lives. We ought to do anything to keep the blessing of Jesus on our lives. Because if you don't, he's moving out. If you don't, he's moving out. Things to think about. Romans 2, verses 12 and 13. For as many as have sinned without the law shall perish without the law, as many as have sinned in the law shall be justified by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. There the very plain word, doers of the word. James 2, verse 12 says, So speak ye, and so do, that they that shall be judged by the law, or the principles of uh, that they shall be judged by the law of liberty, the principles of freedom. Those that do the book of freedom, Jesus, the, the, uh, the book of standards for us, they shall be judged by the word. We, and we will be. So it's a, we all will be. So that's our plumb line for our life. Some more warnings against abusing liberty. Okay, I'll just say it pretty bluntly. Romans 6, verses 18 and 19. Romans 6, verse 18 and 19. Being made free from sin. 
That's amazing. I'm only using a fraction of the verses. Actually, I was amazed when I looked into this, how many verses talk about this. Because this, really, this is right where it's at. I'll tell you, this is where the rubber meets the road. You, you know, your battles, your war, whatever it is, I'll tell you, this probably speaks to it, okay? If it doesn't, it gets close. Anyhow, for being made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of my flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now, he's talking about the ones that live in the spirit, your members servants yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. And that's very important. And verse 19 in New King James says, I speak in Christian terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you were presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and lawlessness, and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So that means, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness. So that means when I do it my way, guess what? I become lawless. Have you thought about that? In other words, when we do it His way, God's way, by the Word of God, guess what? We're blessed and we're servants under righteousness, you have freedom in Jesus, and we do it my way, because I don't like it. I don't like the way it feels. Do you ever read that actually in the New, in the New Testament that when we do it Jesus' way, it always feels good? I mean, I, I'd like to know that. <laughs> it feels good to have freedom in Jesus, it feels good to obey and be accepted in the beloved. I tell you, that does feel good. That feels good to walk by the Holy Spirit leading my life. But if that Holy Spirit leading my life doesn't get me in line with a good book, friends. Something has happened. Something has happened. I'm going back into bondage. That's what's happened. I'm going back. And I don't want anything to do with that. Christians don't want anything to do with that. We don't want to live in bondage. See, we live in, under the standards of the word of God, not your own opinion. And that's so helpful. Let's look up 1 Peter 2, 16. When I saw this one, this one really spoke to me. And so I uh, thought, well, maybe we ought to review this one a little bit. 1 Peter 2, verse 16. And I'll read out the New King James. As free, and yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Now, as free in Jesus. Okay, that's what we're talking about. As free from my selfish ambitions, my uh, pleasure, my own unsanctified opinions. As free, not using that liberty as a cloak or a vice. Now, uh, it's interesting what this means. A vice means for badness, for trouble. In other words, using my liberty... To as a cloak, which shows up as badness and trouble, but as bond servant. Okay, here's this liberty. We're saying free. I'm free to do this, but it, 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 it's badness. It's, what, what could that be? What could I do? What could I be doing that would be that way? What's well, right here in the good book? Let's read, starting at verse 11 of chapter 2, 1 Peter 2, verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that while they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works glorify 
they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or to governors. Why would he say that? Because we needed to hear it. That's why. I didn't write this. Didn't you wish he would exempt governors? Some of us would do. Some of us do. But this is what he's saying. He said, look, as to governors, you got this and to as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence that complaining that there was ignorance of foolish men. There was ignorant, but by your good works. Now, what was your good works? As free, yet not using this cloak for badness, okay? My freedom, I'm not going to use it to look bad. Because my freedom stops when it's selfish. It stops, but I have freedom in Jesus. And the only way that these governors and kings can affect that is when it affects because it's against the word of God. And we know that. If he said, look, you can't worship Jesus in your life, we know we would worship him. Amen. But he said, look, he said, look, you're going to comply even when it don't feel good. You're going to buy when you don't want to. And praise God, He knows how much this is a struggle to us today. He knows that. He knows where your struggle is at. He knows where mine is at too, okay? And we're probably about the same place, okay? Maybe all too close. But He said, look, I, you know, don't let them sit there and say, you don't, you know, there's no, you have no biblical principles. It's just selfish. Don't let them say that. You know why? Because there's freedom in submitting to God and authority. As long as it doesn't violate the word of God, friend, there's freedom. I want to tell you, I'll repeat that again. There's freedom in obeying God and his word and authority. As long as it don't abide, violate the word of God, there is freedom, friends. When we violate, a, and you know speed limit, there's a lot of things we can think about now, okay? And don't just start and stop with COVID mask, okay? Well, it might be stopping there, but don't start there, Okay? There's freedom when we obey authority because you know what? You learn how to be submissive. And God knows that's our big problem. God knows it's our big problem. Being submissive is not natural. It's natural. It is doable because of Jesus in our hearts, okay? But it's not natural in our flesh. And then he goes on to say, just in case you don't understand, we've got to read verse 17 yet. Honor all people Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Wow. I think that's a package deal. I think if you're going to fear God, you're going to honor all people. You're going to love your neighbor as yourself. Part of the law of liberty, okay? I think, if, I know if you're going to fear God, you love the brotherhood. You bear one of those burdens. We, we love to do that. I think if you fear God, you'll honor the king and you'll obey the governor. As long as it don't violate the word of God, you'll do that. Friends, it's a package deal. You want to make it? You want to have freedom in Jesus? Friends, it all comes together. The truth will set you free. You want freedom? Look at this truth and do it. It'll set you free. It's beautiful. It's what God wants. Romans 8, verses 2 to 4 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, 
in that we it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be filled in you, in us. Okay, it says in us, but we like to speak, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in you. Wow, yes. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Friends, that is freedom in Jesus Christ. No bondage, no bondage. You are not captive to sin. It doesn't mean there's no temptation, but you're not captive to sin. You're not captive to your own fleshly desires. You're not captive to your own opinions. Friends, we're servants of Jesus and righteousness and holiness. God bless you in the doing.